Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Live and direct from Sin City. Site of the Big Three Finals on Fox Sports 1. Sign of Mayweather McGregor. Saturday night, pay-per-view. Um, no publicity is bad publicity, and they have gotten a lot of publicity. And oh yeah, by the way... Why this could be the worst week for the uh, uh, UFC in a long, long time. If you didn't hear the news last night, John Bones Jones had his title stripped from him. Remember, he uh, knocked out Daniel Cormier a couple weeks ago at UFC 214, had his title stripped from him, testing positive for steroids. The same John Bones Jones, of course, missed about a year of competition because he tested positive for cocaine, a cocaine issue to a steroid issue. And in some conversations, the most talented fighter in the octagon ever is now suspended from the sport. And of course, McGregor coming from his sport, his discipline to fight Floyd Mayweather. We'll discuss that as the show proceeds. So we're here in Vegas next three days. Uh, I will point out that Wednesday on a fight Saturday is much like Monday on a Super Bowl Sunday, right? My wife has a tendency to do this all the time. And I don't know if, if, if you're – we had this discussion about how we were uh, – how my wife and I had about how we were kind of wired differently last night. I said, look, you like to 
I had my car towed yesterday from work. It's a true story. <laughs> a rhyme music in a test. Uh, and I, had my, I didn't think my car should be towed, even though because I park at the same place where I, a restaurant I actually um, spend money at. But they do have somewhere up there our parking because it's a relatively small store. And they towed my car without leaving a note. Anyway, so I was, I'm driving home. I call my wife. And, like, you make the decision. You know, look, I did put it on the credit card, and it would appear in the credit card statement, and she pays the bills. Do I tell her? Do I not tell her? Like, you know, just rip off the Band-Aid tellers. So I rip off the Band-Aid teller, and she's like, look, here's the problem with you. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know I was getting a lecture here. Here's the problem with you is that we're just wired so differently. You are so not a rule follower. You're a rule breaker. And I said, well, look, I'm more of a spirit of the law, but more than letter of the law person. The other thing my wife does differently than me, in addition to following rules, although she does, I said, hey, you've gotten your car towed. Did I give you the business afterwards? No. You go 55 miles an hour and it says 55 miles an hour? No. So there are some rules to which you break knowingly, wittingly. You just, you value your rules more than, some rules more than others, which, of course, we all do with the Bible. We do with the Constitution, right? Um, anyway. The other thing she does is if you invite the Gottlieb family or Mr. and Mrs. Gottlieb to a party and the party says it starts at 7 o'clock, my wife will be there before 7 o'clock and I will be there with her. And if you've ever shown up to a party at 7 o'clock or at 6.55, nobody is there. And it's uncomfortable. In addition to being uncomfortable, by the time the party gets hype and going and people are playing cards and everybody's had a couple to drink and you start talking trash about your kids and your wives and your, and your in-laws and whatever, and that's when she's like, I've been here for three hours. Check, please. I'm ready to go. Everybody else just kind of got warmed up. Same thing is true. That's how it always feels to get to a big event like a day early. Mayweather, McGregor, there is a weigh-in or some sort of press There's a press conference, I think, today at 3. Or, excuse me, or, or going on right now. Um, but a Wednesday of a fight Saturday feels a bit early, much like we'll be at the Super Bowl in Minnesota. The first two days will be brutal. Brutal. The good news is Chris Broussard is going to join the show. We had huge news last night, and it wasn't John Bones Jones. That, that pales in comparison to Kyrie Irving being moved. He was traded to the Boston Celtics for, let me make sure I get this right, uh, Zizic, who's a very talented young big guy, Jay Crowder, uh, who started at power forward for the Seas this year, Isaiah Thomas, who led them in scoring and I believe was second in the league in fourth quarter scoring this year, an NBA MVP candidate for the Celtics. And next year's Brooklyn Nets pick, which is unprotected and likely to be a top three, top four pick in, in a very, very loaded, loaded NBA draft lottery. And so, look, for a, a, a super young GM who just got the job and for a Cleveland Cavaliers organization that was wildly criticized for their inability to get Paul George... Having a declining asset, somebody you had to move, essentially a fire sale, to get that sort of haul, which protects you in the near term and in the long term, I think is a great deal for the Cavs. Now, what happens is when you say it's a great deal, that means the Celtics lost. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Now, the Celtics will change, and I honestly think the guy they will miss the most is Jay Crowder. And probably the best part of the haul for the Cavs is Jay Crowder. 
And if you want to go, well, with Jay Crowder, I mean, he's just a throw-in guy. Like, no, he's not. He brings an inherent amount of toughness, tenacity. For the Cavs, he brings a guy who maybe he doesn't do it that well because Kevin Durant is that good. But what did they struggle with in the NBA Finals? Finding somebody who could cover Kevin Durant, not named LeBron James. And they got that in the, in the trade. And for the Boston Celtics, though, he wasn't uh, he wasn't a primary part of what they wanted to do. And remember, the Celtics now have only four returning players from the 15 men on the roster at the end of last season. When you lose Avery Bradley to trade for Marcus Morris and you lose Jay Crowder, and the only guy kind of remaining in terms of the toughness of your team is Marcus Smart, your team has changed a great deal. That said, I love the trade for the Celtics. Uh, I, I, I love the trade for the Celtics. Kyrie Irving's 25 years old. He's a burgeoning star. He's coming off far and away his best year as a pro. Averaged 25 points a game. Shot a high percentage, higher percentage from two, high percentage from three, 90 from, the lo- 90 from the free throw line. And oh yeah, by the way, if Isaiah Thomas can go from a middling player in Phoenix and a guy who was cut in Sacramento's last pick of the second round to a star in Boston, what can Brad Stevens do with the talent of Kyrie Irving? There's a reason that, that Brad Stevens, even LeBron James, has pointed out how good a job Brad Stevens does because he's, a, he's masterful at finding the mismatch everybody wants to find on a basketball floor, which is your point guard versus their center, one versus five. It's a system that fits Kyrie better. It's getting him out of LeBron's shadow while continuing to surround him with a good enough team and a good enough coach. And the Celtics, though they lose that number one potential number one overall pick, they still have potential for the Lakers pick. They have their own pick. There are other picks in the first round they have upcoming. And oh yeah, by the way, Isaiah Thomas is going to be overpaid at the end of next year, and they weren't going to be a part of it. Right? Because the Celtics understood, much like the New England Patriots down the street in Foxborough, that you can't let emotion get in the way of making making a deal. The emotion was Isaiah Thomas came from nothing, made himself into something. But the, the truth is that at the very highest level of the NBA, we know that even Isaiah Thomas has his limitations. So Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, great one too. Al Horford, Marcus Morris, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. You have, you have a plethora of secondary tertiary players and both Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving are in their early to mid-20s. They are spring chickens. They are just getting to the peak of their career. So I, I thought Cleveland did as well as you can possibly do, protecting themselves in the near term with Isaiah Thomas in the long term with that first-round pick. And Zizic is a young player that people like. But, man, I like what the Celtics did. And it got really quiet, those people saying, hey, why hasn't Danny Ainge made a move? Why wouldn't he make a move? Here's why. Kyrie Irving is younger. He is under contract longer. And he is straight up better than Paul George. He was worth that haul. It's a big haul, but he's worth it. He's worth it. And, and look, this is we talk about business on this show all the time. You're worth what someone's willing to pay. So if you had questions, because Kyrie Irving wasn't first, second, or third all-team, third-team all-NBA, should have been, wasn't. 
But if you had any question about how the league values Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and Zizic and potential number one overall pick next year in what everyone knows um, to be a loaded draft. You can say, well, he wasn't voted this or he isn't a superstar that. That is a superstar haul for a player only under contract for two years. Value is what somebody is willing to pay, and the Boston Celtics believe that Kyrie Irving is a superstar based upon what they're willing to pay. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There has been a a controversy, and I think Clay Travis, frankly, brought it to most people's attention this morning, and he's been on all the, he's been on Fox News, and he's going to be on CNN later. Clay Travis, of course, outkicked the coverage. That's our morning show on Fox Sports Radio. There's a broadcaster named Robert Lee who was set to broadcast for ESPN, probably ESPNU or the ACC Network, Virginia versus William and Mary. And, of course, Virginia, uh, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia, is where we had basically like a, a race riot going back a two weekends ago, weekend, week and a half ago. And the riot began, or the protesting and anti-protesting began because there was, they were going to try and remove a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee. And so ESPN, in their infinite wisdom, thought, you know, let's just take Robert Lee, who, by the way, is an Asian-American. Let's take Robert Lee off the game so that nobody says, like, hey, Robert Lee is calling the game at Virginia. Robert E. Lee's the statue. Isn't that funny? And, and look, and there's a, an email out there from ESPN's PR where they're just like, look, we're just trying to avoid any sort of nonsensical memes. We switch guys on games all the time. This happens. We just thought, why do it? What's, what's really the win in doing it? When, I got to be honest with you, I kind of think by doing it, you end up bringing attention to it. You really do. It's, it's, this is what happens with corporations. They are so, and ESPN said, well, we're not, this is not about being politically correct. This is just about avoiding potential internet memes and things like that. That's what it's about. And he's like, uh, uh, okay, that sounds really good. That sounds realistic, but what's the reality of it? No one knows who most play-by-play guys are. How many people are actually watching a Virginia-William & Mary game anyway? So I I guess I understand it. Uh, But, look, I've been a part of this before where, for example, when I was at CBS, they didn't want me to do an Oklahoma State game. I said, hey, in the NCAA tournament, if if we can avoid the idea of you rooting for a team because you played there. And I was like, well, that's great, except you have Grant Hill calling the national championship game with Duke. (laughs) You have Steve Kerr calling Arizona's games. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they took me off of Oklahoma State and put me on to Oklahoma. And, they, and so when I'm calling the Oklahoma game, I said, you realize you did the same thing, only in reverse. Said, what do you mean? Anyone who would think that I was a homer for Oklahoma State, small group of people, would think that I had it out for Oklahoma. Neither are actually true. You just call the, broad, call the game. And now, listen, 
CBS, uh, luckily, and I, I, as I was asked to do, didn't bring attention to it. Why bring attention to it at the time? But there would have been more attention brought to it. One, if I had been doing the game, or two, if it had come out nationally that I said I was taken off the game because I played there. Imagine if it was just because of your name. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And now. What does the Fox say? Sugar Ray Leonard was on earlier today. He had this to say on Floyd versus Connor and why it's up to Floyd on how this fight will finish. This is not about what McGregor should do. It's all about what Floyd Mayweather won't do. In other words, it happens to all of us, from the greatest Muhammad Ali to little me. We get into that ring one day, and we're 40 years of age, and nothing happens. You you don't have the same zest. You don't have the same speed. You don't have the same uh, radar. That happens. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Will this be that night for Mayweather? That's the big question mark. So, again, it's not what McGregor's going to do. It's what Mayweather doesn't do. See, I, I have I have long contended that Floyd Mayweather is a genius. And when I say genius, I'm not just talking about his ability to fight. I'm talking about his ability to pick the right fights. Do you guys remember of Mice and Men? you remember? John Byer, Steinbeck? Bi- yeah, John Steinbeck. Do you remember of Mice and Men? Uh, very little. Very little. Okay, you, you, it's one of those ones you didn't you didn't pay attention to. What, what about you? M- music, music looks the part of somebody who's studious. I know you went to Cal State Northridge, which is I'm taking my pulse right now. That's the entrance exam to CSUN. Right. Um, okay. So, do you remember of Mice and Men? Well, let me continue your theme of the entrance level requirements of CSUN. I have never read of Mice and Men. Really? No. Really? Byer, did you say you've read it? Yes, a long time ago. Okay, what do you remember about it? Um, that it wasn't about mice. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was George Byer. and Lenny. Do you remember George and, and, and Lenny? Okay, Lenny Lenny was like familiar, me- yeah. Lenny was like mentally disabled but strong, travels with George, George's constant companion. George, on the other hand, I think George um, was, uh, he was tiny, right? And he used to pick fights with bigger guys. Yeah. And the reason was because there's no, there's no real losing when you pick a fight with a bigger man. That was the genius to George, was never fight a guy your size, fight a bigger guy. One, because they might not respect you. Two, because even if you lose, you didn't really lose. And he would take advantage of that. Now, I'm not saying that pretty boy Floyd uh, Mayweather picks fights with bigger dudes. He just picks the right fights. I mean, think about it. If you, you think back even to when he fought Canelo Alvarez, when he fought Canelo, Canelo wasn't ready. And Canelo, frankly, was, was too slow. He picks the right guy for the right time at the right weight always. You know, by the time he fought Oscar De La Hoya, Oscar De La Hoya was over the hill. By the time he fought uh, Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao was over the hill. Remember, the Manny Pacquiao negotiations for that fight, they started years ago. They started, like, in 2009. Um, 2009 to, to, to start fighting. And that fight didn't happen until, th- like, three years later. Like, he just waited it out until Manny Pacquiao was not the same Manny Pacquiao. He's fought Victor Ortiz. He fought Miguel Cotto. Um, 
He fought uh, the Ghost Guerrero. He fought Sal Alvarez, Maidana twice. So, like, look, I, I, I think that when you look at Floyd Mayweather, the genius to him is he's fought people that, frankly, are inept in comparison based upon the weight class or the time, or in this case, the discipline. And so while Sugar Ray Leonard knows Father Time, he's just saying Father Time's undefeated. At some point, he's going to get into the ring, and he's going to the, – the fighter expression is nobody ever walks out of their last fight. You always get carried out. I think this guy's too smart for it. I think he fought a guy who's in way over his head. Everyone knows he's in way over his head. And in spite of the fact he may be a slower version of himself, he's going to get lit up on Saturday night. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Chris Broussard from uh, Fox Sports covering all sports. I want to get your, your take, Brew, on, in the second on the fight this weekend. But uh, y- your immediate reaction when you saw not just the teams involved, but the haul that Cleveland got and how Boston has reconstituted themselves. Well, I think that Cleveland actually won the trade. And not just because when a player makes a trade demand, it lessens your ability to get something good for him, like we saw with Indiana with Paul George. I think, I mean, in Isaiah Thomas, I'm getting, I think, I think I, Kyrie Irving is a better player, no question. But I'm getting the scoring production, the passing ability from Isaiah, if he's healthy that I can get from Kyrie. Defensively, I'm improving because Jay Crowder, you know, is a very good defender. And I think Cleveland got away from its identity as a tough, hard-nosed defensive team last year and became finesse just shooting a bunch of threes. Crowder can help restore that defensive presence. And then he also shoots the three ball well. And then, as you just mentioned, they get that number one pick from Brooklyn. Look, if the pick had been the same or the trade had been the same three players from Boston going to Cleveland plus Boston's 2018 pick. Not not the Brooklyn one, but Boston's own pick, which would have been a low pick. I still think it would have been a decent deal for Cleveland. But to get that pick from Brooklyn, I mean, I think, as you said, they set themselves up. Next year, I think they're still the best team in the East. And then if LeBron leaves, uh, maybe you still sign Isaiah Thomas if he has a great year. You get this top pick or one of the top picks, and and that helps you remain relevant. Not as good, of course, but still a relevant, you know, exciting ball club, even if LeBron were to leave. All right, what about Boston? They kind of gutted their roster. I, no one thought they were the best team in the East, but they had the best record in the East. They only returned four of their top 15. They've added Marcus Morris, who so probably start for them at power forward. Everyone's been raving about Jason Tatum and how he played in summer league. It's just it's summer league. They got Jalen Brown back, uh, but gone is Avery Bradley, uh, gone is Isaiah Thomas, and and gone is Jay Crowder. Like that's kind of the the heart and soul of a team that got more out of less. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the Celtics will look, not just this year but in coming years? Well, look, I think they upgraded their talent, no question. And I think it was one of those rare trades that was good for both teams. But to your point, you know, everybody that wants to put them ahead of Cleveland right now, think of the chemistry project that the Celtics have become. You know, you got Kyrie Irving who, let's face it, for the last three years hasn't really been the point guard. 
He's been a two guard. You know, LeBron's been the point guard in Cleveland. So you got him going back to the point guard position, which he really wants to do. You got Gordon Hayward in a new situation. Um, you're counting on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to give you a ton as young players. And Al Horford is a great professional player that anybody would love to have. But let's not overrate him. He's not a star player. He's 14 points and six rebounds, if that. So I, I think that people are jumping the gun to say that Boston is all of a sudden the best team in the East. I mean, I think Cleveland still beats them in six, maybe five games. Um, so going forward, obviously, you know, that's a lot of young talent and promise that they have on that roster. But I think it's going to take a while. They got a great coach in Brad Stevens to bring it together. Uh, so the future is bright, and as is the present, but I still think they're behind Cleveland. Yeah, I thought Danny Ainge, uh, the quote he had was a really interesting one where he said uh, not just that you got a 25-year-old uh, star, but you also got somebody who kind of fits the timeline, right? That was the, the quote. Uh, it's a high price to pay, uh, but acquiring a 25-year-old perennial all-star uh, player that fits the timeline for, for us and is a fantastic offensive player, one of the best offensive players in the league, you have to pay a heavy price. I, I thought that the contextualizing the timeline is that they didn't think they were better than Cleveland as they were constituted last year, and they had... They, didn't, they still probably don't think they're better than Cleveland right now, but in the timeline of they play together for a year and then maybe LeBron leaves or at some point LeBron is going to get old, and within their timeline, then it's the Celtics' turn to run the East. I think it's a very reasonable approach to put, to put it in that context. No, I agree, I, and I think that's exactly what he was saying um, because obviously they have these young guys, Tatum and Brown, who aren't going to be at their best next season. That makes it a little more intriguing, though, that you gave up that number one pick from Brooklyn. I'm sure they tried to get it done without doing that. But, you know, that, that was a bit interesting. And if, you're, if you understand we're not ready to beat Cleveland, even with Kyrie, then I think you really – you might just pump the brakes on this deal a little uh, if you, to keep that top pick. But at some point you have to try to start winning – and you keep having these picks that everybody was wondering, what are you waiting for to do with it? So they got a top player in it, there's no question. But, again, I don't think they're ready to win the East. Now, I think one of the intriguing questions with this deal is what does Cleveland do with the pick? Because I've talked to some executives who think they, they might want to package that pick with a Kevin Love or maybe with some other players and, and try to get a star in there now because LeBron is not going to want to necessarily wait on a Michael uh, Porter or a Marvin Bagley or something like that to become a player that can produce, you know, on a championship level. So it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland flips this pick and tries to get an all-star uh, to help LeBron try to win it this year. Yeah, I mean, like, that'll be interesting. Obviously, you know, in order you can't, you know how it works in the NBA, you can't just send a pick for a player. you got to find the salaries that match up. Yep. And so what would they be willing to part with? And then there's then there's Dwayne Wade who's likely to get bought out. Does he end up in Cleveland as LeBron tries to make one la last run? And then there's the, uh, what is, does LeBron want them to take Marvin Bagley so eventually he can hand the throne over? Uh, I, the, the whole thing is, fa is fascinating as it's turned the league kind of on its head 
with that one fail swoop. Last thing, uh, Chris, uh, the, the fight that we're in town for, McGregor Mayweather. Um, all the all the the promotions have been trying to do is plant that seed of doubt, right? Just yeah, that seed yeah. of doubt. Well, you know the gloves are smaller. That could cause for and even in like look, I got copy reads and like well, you know one punch you could end all his critics. What's <laughs> in your mind? What happened Saturday night? I think Floyd beats him up. Um, we know he doesn't have one punch knockout power, and Connor is the bigger man. Um, but I don't think, like, I think that he's going to make so many mistakes, McGregor. You know, he kind of punches wild. His, his, you know, he throws these hooks. That's just going to open him up um, to really get pummeled over a period of time by Floyd Mayweather. I could see this being kind of like the Arturo Gotti fight with Mayweather, where Gotti was a tough guy. He was game. He threw a lot of punches. He forced the action. And he, but he wasn't that skilled, and he just opened himself up, and Floyd just kind of punished him over. I think it ended in six. So I could see this being a stoppage uh, because Mayweather, I mean, uh, McGregor's just taking such a beating uh, by the seventh or eighth round. Um, I, I think that's what, what I see happening. And it, it, look, maybe McGregor comes in overweight. And some people would think that might give him an advantage. That's just going to make him even slower. Yep. And I think Floyd will be able to just pick him apart. Uh, what 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 does it say if if McGregor does get picked apart? If he looks unathletic, even though we both know it's a completely different sport, and you couple that with John Jones getting suspended and having oh. his belt removed because of steroids, uh, what is that? Where are we with UFC in terms of? the legitimacy of it for the mainstream sports fan if, in fact, McGregor does get tattered? I think that's a great point. And first of all, I mean, I was so shocked by John Jones. I mean, he, you know, I think their camp is trying to claim that there must be some, you know, miscommunication or misunderstanding or something. Um, it's hard to believe he would be that brazen and that stupid, to be honest. But, look, I don't know that it's going to get overturned, so it really looks bad. And to your point about McGregor, um, the niche fans that it has will always be there because it is action. Even if you feel like, look, these aren't fighters on the world-class level, it is action. You, you, it's not like boxing where you might get a boring fight, especially with a Mayweather where, you know, just, just might not be a lot of punches or knockdowns or knockouts. You're going to get action always in the UFC so I think that will save their niche fans. But you're right. The real sportsmen, the boxing fans who kind of tune into MMA because they do see more action, they'll start to look at it as maybe it's just amateurs. It's just a bunch of guys. They really aren't professional fighters. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. But they're not on the world-class level of boxers. Because let's face it, the best MMA fights, at least in my opinion, are the ones with the strikers. You know, I've seen some fights where uh, they they didn't do a lot of punching. They didn't, you know, nobody yeah, was more, really knocked more wrestling, more more wrestling, yeah, more ground yeah. and pound. Yep. Exactly. And, it's, and let's face it, it's not as exciting. It's exciting when they strike. That's why McGregor's was the biggest draw. That's why Ronda Rousey was such a bigger draw. They're strikers. But I think maybe the Rousey-Holly uh, Holm fight could be a precursor 
not that uh, McGregor gets knocked out in, you know, one round or, or two rounds or whatever, but you saw a heavy puncher in Rousey who wasn't really a pro boxer, but she was strong and she was knocking out all these girls in MMA. You saw her go up against a real boxer, Holly Holm, and she just made her look like an amateur. And I wonder if to some degree we could see that with Mayweather and McGregor. It's a great, it's a great point you make about uh, it's, you, if, you've ever, if you've ever watched a great fight film uh, or you've ever been inside a boxing ring with somebody who really knows or just watched a boxing match with somebody who, who, watches, who knows boxing, they're like, wow, there, there really is a science to it. And, yep. and they will, you will look bad. I mean, you will look really, really bad. Chris, great stuff. Really appreciate you joining us. All right, my man. See you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.